0: Welcome. Uh, we're live a minute early here, and as everyone's getting into today's stream, we have a special stream plan for you guys today. As you can see up on the screen here, we have the 4.0 Company Spotlight. This is the first segment that we've done that's like this. This is going to be a 60-minute um, you know, sharing, sharing EMQ to the world. Walker's got a list of questions lined up. We're here with Vaughn Turner. Again, I'm your host, Zach Scriven. Welcome to 4.0 Solutions. Uh, This is normally, we go live every week at uh, noon Central Standard Time, um, which is right now. However, today, again, we're doing the 4.0 Company Spotlight. Make sure to stick around to the end. If you guys have any questions about MQTT or EMQ or the enterprise broker, EMQX, definitely leave them in the YouTube chat. We will answer them. This is meant to be an organic discussion. And yeah, Uh, welcome, everybody.
1: Ahoy, everybody! So we're a couple minutes early, so I just wanted to check in and see how everyone's weekend was. For those of you in the states, hopefully everyone had a uh, a relaxing Labor Day weekend. Um,
0: I was going to say we do have a poll up. You want to tell them about the poll? Yes.
1: yes. So there's a, there's a poll in the YouTube chat. So we've we've got um, I don't know three or four hundred people who are going to be watching through the LinkedIn stream. And then on the YouTube side we have a um a YouTube uh, poll up which broker you're using. So if you if you're watching if you're watching on YouTube, please answer that. You know, we wanna just understand, you know, who's using which brokers. Um we could we could only put four on there. The fifth one we left off was Vern MQ. Um but the the uh the poll is uh which broker are you using? So like Zach said, um this is our first company spotlight um so for those of you guys don't know um emq is one of the actually i think they were the first right wasn't emq the first people to volunteer the first organization to volunteer to sponsor the industry 4.0 community so they actually reached out to us and said hey you know how can we help and the whole corporate sponsorship stuff came from them reaching out and saying we want to be involved with the community so um. Um. So this is our first corporate spot, uh, company spotlight. So basically, what we're going to do for the next hour is it's a live Q and A, except the Q and A is all centered around EMQX, um, the EMQX broker. Um. So you guys may have known I've taught we've been talking about EMQX for a couple of years now. I actually didn't meet Jalen and the the folks at EMQ until maybe six weeks ago, maybe two months ago. Jalen and I spoke through Discord. <laughs> but I've owned Stone and, and um, the other members of the team that are on here today, I just met them in the last week. So uh, how did I get introduced to EMQX? Um, we were doing a large um, enterprise class system that was going to push our total number of connections, total number of transitions per second, total number of payloads to the limit, to the absolute limit of what we had, ar- we had already done previously. OK, a massive, massive system. And so I was working with one of our architects, Matt, and we were we decided, hey, you know, instead of going our traditional route, okay, where we're going to use chariot broker, chariot skater broker, or we're going to use, you know, mosquito with uh, with bridging. What, let's go ahead and take a look at some of the, the the enterprise brokers that are out there. So we I didn't even know about you know a year and a half ago, two years ago I didn't know, had never heard of EMQX. Matt found it. He said, hey, some of these numbers that we're seeing are pretty, they're really encouraging. So what we did was we we tested um, HiveMQ, EMQX, uh, VernMQ, Ignition Distributor, Mosquito. And Sereslink standalone broker. So we did mm-hmm. those six using our testing methodology, which is the way that we load test um, any broker. And the EMQX numbers were off the charts. Um, they were, I mean, the next highest performing broker after EMQX was 40% less performant than EMQX was, and that's without clustering. We weren't. This we're, we're talking standalone brokers here, not leveraging any clustering technology. So it was pretty shocking, OK? So um, anyway, so we, we went ahead and, and did a deeper dive on our testing. And we've been playing with EMQX for the last two years. We've recommended EMQX in basically every one of our architectures um, in the last two years as the broker. Um, I, I think there was one where we went with the ignition distributor because there was no reason for an enterprise class broker in that case. Um, and everything was Ignition. We were using Ignition as the IoT platform. Um, But every other uh, architecture we've designed in the last two years has had EMQX in the center. Now, we haven't always been able to get it approved by the the company's IT department or whatever, and we're going to talk about that today. We're actually going to have Jalen answer that question um, and hopefully put that any objections to bed for for the rest of time. So now that it's the top of the hour,
0: we got 30 people in the chat. Welcome, everybody. Let us know where you're joining from. Make sure to answer the poll. What MQTT broker are you using? We've got four options there. Um, let's introduce, uh, let's we'll start with Jalen. Welcome, Jalen.
2: Hi, everyone here. It's my yeah. honor to be the guest of Zach's event. And uh, I'm happy to share the same insights with Worker. Actually, that was a big surprise to me when I encountered Worker's video on YouTube. and. We definitely use the same approach to deliver our solution to our customers.
1: So, one of the things that Jalen and I have in common is a a strong belief in the unified namespace. So, leveraging a unified namespace to solve uh, industrial problems. So, you know, instead of the concept of the digital twin, but state state and events, a a, a mm-hmm. current state of the entire business using a unified namespace. Jalen, who is the uh, um, vice president of solutions for EMQ, shares the exact same uh, philosophy, as does the entire organization. So today, again, this is a a sponsored live Q&A. So EMQ was our sponsor for the month of August. They were the very first company to say, hey, listen, we want to support the Industry 4.0 community. Our community should be very grateful because this stuff is very, very expensive. I, you know, up till this point, people ask me all the time how much money have I spent on our digital media. I'm at a, I'm at um, about a million dollars I've spent so far, um, about nine nine hundred thousand dollars give or take on our digital media, um, and we have yielded about three to four hundred thousand dollars in revenue. So um, I've spent about a million dollars in my own money. On all this digital media, everything you guys have seen over the last three years, we've made about four hundred thousand dollars in terms of direct you know revenue. That is the the stuff that we we sell. we've made about four so I'm six hundred thousand dollars in the hole on our media. I mean, so when we talk about the commitment to the community, all the money we invest um, in the community is is designed to serve our mission, which is help save and create middle class jobs in the United States. Jalen reached out to us and the folks at EMQ and said, hey, listen, we want to support you guys. And so they were the very first paid sponsor of um, the Industry 4.0 community. We are eternally grateful um, for the fact that they stepped up and said, hey, we want to sponsor the community. And as part of that, they sponsored four videos in the month of August. You guys saw those videos. And then we... We said let's do a one-hour podcast where you guys can talk about the product, and that's what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. So if you let me then say this, I want to
0: introduce. Uh, st- hold, hold on a second. I still <laughs> got two more reps from EMQ.
1: Yep. Hold on a second, real quick. So we've got two. If those of you who are in the chat, everybody here should be familiar with EMQX because we talk about it all the time. If you have any questions that you want that you want to have answered, please include those in the chat. I've got a whole list of questions that I've Pulled out of the Discord server, but go ahead and and uh, drop them in the chat if you have any questions you want us to ask. Go ahead, Zach, and finish introducing yeah. Stone. And the so uh, the
0: reason I actually th- the reason why I was <laughs> wearing my glasses, I actually got like a kind of like an eye injury. I don't know if you guys can see that, but I got like this weird thing in my eye. So, but um, uh, up in the top right hand corner we have Stone with EMQ. Welcome, Stone. And then you want to introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my
3: name is Timing. People call me Stone. Uh, I'm the head of uh,
0: the Sweden team.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, awesome. Happy and to be here. Thank you. Awesome. And last but not least, we have Zhang
1: Zengyu. You. You're on mute.
3: You're on mute.
4: Sorry, I was on mute. Sorry. Uh, my name is Zhang yeah. Um I'm also in Europe, but not in Sweden. I'm in Germany. And I run the MQ business in the Europe. And yeah, uh, it's my pleasure to uh, meet you guys online. Thank you.
1: Excellent.
0: Awesome. All we right. got all six of us now.
1: So let, let's go ahead and get started with the questions. So um, first up, um, Jalen is, so Jalen, you're going to be speaking for the group, I assume. And you'll just delegate to the rest of the team. So for those of you guys who don't know, EMQ is a global company. Jalen's going to go over that. Based off, I know that they're. Jalen is in outside of Shenzhen in southern China, um, which is a big tech hub in China. Actually, I've been over in that area many, many times. Stone is in Sweden. Zhengju is in Germany, and you guys have a team based in Silicon Valley on the West Coast in the United States, right? Um, the um, the first question, we just want to get the background. So what I've done is I've taken a list of the questions that came out of Discord and stuff I want to have answered. And we're just going to go ahead and pose the question. So Jalen, will you start? Will you give us the background on EMQ, specifically? like How long have you guys been around? Where did you get your start? Et cetera, et cetera. That way we can get a baseline for the community.
2: OK, cool. Yeah, I know this is the exact question I'm going to be asked. So I have prepared several slides for this question let quite share the screen here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Okay, it's okay. Perfect. Is it is it is it clear?
0: Yep. Yeah, it should be good.
4: Yep, okay.
2: Okay, I will take a quick, quick tour of EMQX. So talk about who we are and what we do. So uh, generally speaking, EMQ is an open source software company. And uh, we provide data infrastructure solutions with both open source and commercial version. And uh, we started our business uh, nearly uh, 10 years ago. Uh, when we started, we had just a, a small open source project. And we set our cornerstone on both edge and cloud, then build our products on top of it. Now, our solution has covered three significant aspects, including IoT connections, messaging, and stream processing. So we see ourselves as a globalized company. After six years of development, has turned the EMQ into a globalized company. And we set up, set up our uh, global center in Stockholm, Sweden, and then we also established an American branch in Silicon Valley. Why,
1: uh, why did you, uh, going, why did you guys pick Stockholm? Where, where did that, where did the Stockholm play come in? Financial industry, I'm oh, assuming is, is
2: the. Oh, I can answer that. It's a question. Um, yeah. Is it related to Ericsson? Uh, let's don't answer it.
3: Yeah, because, uh, because AMQX is built on, uh, the airline virtual machine. And Ireland was invented here in Sweden. Excellent. Here we have the biggest uh, talent pool here in, uh, in, uh, in the Europe, I guess. Perfect. And that's the main reason uh, why we started here.
1: I didn't know that actually.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's also one reason why EMQ is so performant and, but I would like leave this detail in the following section. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, when talking about EMQ, the first thing that would come to your mind must be the broker. Yeah, that is our anchor product. EMQ X broker started nearly 10 years ago, as I just mentioned before, as an open source project. Now it has received high compliments from all over the world. I would say that and accumulated up to 10,000 users among uh, up to 50, uh, 50 countries and regions. And it always has been uh, polarizing figures in open source community. We have got um, more than eight point five thousand stars on GitHub. That's way well above other uh, open source mkt brokers.
1: So you've got and, so you've got ten thousand enterprise customers
2: globally, right?
1: And yeah, how and then how many open source would you say? I mean, if it, is that a factor of a hundred to one? Is it fifty to one? Is it? how many do you have any idea how many open source implementations there are globally
3: so we have around 400 something uh, commercial users uh, paid users So that the rest of the users are all open source users got it Good. if they're not violating the licensing then.
1: which yeah. no I, nobody you know that no one is violating the terms <laughs> <No>. of service <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: okay uh, so above all emq also actively participates in all kinds of open source organizations yeah like oasis foundation the linux foundation and the cloud native foundations and we are also the silver member of the foundry and we in the deep in our hearts uh, we still see ourselves as an open source company and always going to be one in the future the open core is the crucial value and the business pattern we hold for a long time. So we keep telling ourselves that we grow from the community. We are born from the community, and we're gonna repay the community. So uh, there is one. Jalen?
1: Can you expand okay. on that a little bit? So you know, you guys are an open source, or you know, you guys are built on open source principles. Can you expand yeah. a little bit on why? I mean, not every, not every organization that creates software in either the commercial, consumer, or industrial space comes from the open source world. Can you talk a little bit about why EMQX has? What, What I mean, other than the fact that you guys are nerds like us and you appreciate <laughs> open source, right? Where does that come from? Yeah. From a philosophical standpoint, can you can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, of course. So regarding least question, it is a great question. And, uh, you know, we, uh, at the first stage, emq start as an open source project uh, so before there is a emq company there is already a emq project and uh, about the business side the, the community or the open source community is always the first one to get to know the uh, real industrial needs and they care about it and they are the real person who are implemented and to deliver it so uh, instead of being uh, being a top guy or uh, top-down uh, top hierarchy uh, company, we decide to stand with the community and stand with the developers. That's the best way we can evolve ourselves, is to evolve with the community and the real users. And above all, uh, the, to build our product on the top of open source, it can also give us an uh, uh, inevitable and uh, an inevitable advantage that, uh, from the technical side, but uh, that might be too technical. Technical here, I could leave this to uh, the stone, our CTO. Hi,
3: stone.
2: Yeah, w- can can I add
3: some add a few points, please, Stone, please. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. So building, About, uh, building our product building on, the open on, on open, the open source. source. is open source, yeah. also a way to build trust with our users. And we try to be open. Also, we try to uh, we try to open our uh, sprint demo sessions. Even like uh, we do, we uh, biweekly demos to the community. Also, try to work uh, transparently uh with the community so with the transparency we believe that uh our users will be more uh we will build more trust uh, uh, among our users
1: well that and that actually that makes me bring this up so i'll i'm gonna Mm -hmm. go ahead and jump ahead jalen if it's okay i want to jump ahead a couple of my questions here um No, no problem so let me let me say this to the community you guys have heard me talk about this all the time it is it is an empirical truth it's an it's an empirical truism that emqx is the most performant broker in the world and it's not even close right i mean being 40% ahead in throughput um cpu consumption memory consumption um you know uh, topic transitions per second i mean being a minimum of 40% ahead the next closest broker is I mean that's as empirical that that's all the empirical data you need to say that's the most performant broker in the world. The challenge we have, especially here in the States, and I've talked to Jalen about this many times, is and I and I know everybody watching this stream wants to hear this answer, is the there we, we run into this issue. There's a China connection, right? J, uh, EMQ, I d I don't know if it started in China, but I know that it, it EMQ is there's a Chinese connection. EMQ and and uh, emqx and the chinese and the number one objection we get from american companies will be or north american companies not just american it's hey you know the it department is leery about hey we don't want to use a product developed in china um in, in as part of our it infrastructure how do you guys overcome that objection i know that one of the thing that i say all the time is i stress the open source route you know the open source origins of emqx and the fact that that source code is still available for me to view, right? But can you guys expand on that? How do you, how, you know, how do you suggest we overcome this objection? Because if I'm architecting a solution and I know EMQX is the best broker to put into the middle of the infrastructure, but I can't get it past an IT group because they just throw up China boogeyman. How do I overcome that?
3: Do you want to take that, uh, Jelin, or can I take it?
4: Oh, let me say something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: I think I joined uh, EMQ since 2017. So uh, since then, I was running overseas business. To be honest, uh, this is not not the first time I'm facing this this question. But the real question is, who is worth of trust nowadays? Yeah, we're here in the Germany, so uh, German people don't trust the America because several years ago, the, the American government is is dropping our lady chancellor. His her phone is dangerous. Uh, there is a person on on her phone. So some it's crazy world, right? And uh, early this year, we got an issue in Israel. There's a company in developing the um, software called Pegasus, the spyware, selling to the dangerous countries. So the real question is: who is worth our trust? Yeah, we in the IT they are, they are saying, don't talk, show me the code. Who can show you the code? You can trust him, right? So we start with open source. And everybody can can review our code. And if if there is something behind that, we find it in the spot. Or there's companies selling hardware. Hardware is hard to check, it's hard. So but we're lucky, we're delivering software. And if the software is open source, everybody can check. The community, everybody in the community can be the one who is overseeing us. we are more trustworthy than the company from the US if the company is not showing their code.
1: And I'll go ahead and I'm going to drive that. It's a great answer. It's an excellent answer. I want to drive. And,
4: and sorry, I want, I'm I want, not finished shit. No, no please go, go on. You go first.
1: Yeah, what I want, I want to drive, I, I want to, you go I want to piggyback it. on that statement, right? <laughs> you know, uh, Google reached out to me, mm-hmm. and Google and Google wanted to know. Google said, you know, Google wanted to know, hey, you know, why don't we have wider adoption, right? What's the reason that Google Cloud doesn't have wider adoption in industry? And my answer was trust. No one trusts Google. I mean, mm-hmm. Go- Google's a US-based company. No one trusts Google. I have an Android phone. I mean, I, I live in the open source world. I have that too. I, I'm, a, I'm a de-Googled user, right? And uh, your point is, exactly to the point part of the reason I loved chromium the chromium project way back in the day was it was all open source so I could right I I mean I could I could look at chromium and I felt comfortable using the chromium browser and its subsidiaries because the source code was open right what's happened 100 true right but with google chrome chrome has moved further and further and further away from its open source origin which was chromium right and mm-hmm. and what has happened is that because we can no longer inspect the code, let's make, let's say for the sake of argument, Google is more trustworthy than we think they are. Let's say that they're not nearly as bad as we think they are in terms of tracking. I don't think that. Yeah, maybe
4: not bad. They're just too big.
1: But the the problem is because we can't for ourselves inspect the source code to mm-hmm. see just how exposed we are we think that they are less trustworthy than they probably actually are because it's the unknown this is what i say to everyone when it when it comes to emqx i say exactly what you say they they are they are open source origin and they are not very fun. i mean if you look at their 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 commercial solutions the enterprise solutions on top of that open source stack they are not different implementations they are just extensions of that open source stack. That's all they are.
4: Yeah, exactly. But, go now ahead. Shinji. We have the we have the, the, the release called in uh, release. Yeah, we are a company, we are for benefit, we are for profit. We we want to make money. So uh, currently the the, the the code in, in the in the enterprise release is not public to everybody. But it's not meaning uh, that we're hiding the code. We have a plan to uh, make it uh, available. We just need a approach to make it available to everybody while we still can make profit on it. So uh, actually, we have the plan already. But I'm not sure at this point I can t- talk too much for, uh, on it. But we, you guys keep eyes on us.
1: Perfect. Excellent. That. Thank you for that answer, Stone or Jalen. Did you guys want to expand? I mean, obviously, that was can, a great I answer. I can add
3: a few points about uh, open source. We can't. Yep. We just can't stop talking about open source. Sorry. Uh, I've just got uh, approval a few days ago uh, to mention that to our we have a plan uh, to to disclose our plan to. Uh, Perfect. To the community that. Uh, we plan to fully disclose the enterprise edition source code to the community what? in Q in Q1 next year. Are you really? Yes.
1: Oh That's man, dude! I did not. I didn't know that. That's all brand new yeah. news to me. That's amazing. In
3: Excellent. fact, we have we are already providing our source code to uh, our uh, commercial customers who made uh, requests for auditing reasons.
1: Well, there. I mean, right there is your. So, for those of you that didn't hear that starting in Q1 and next year you guys are going to share the source code for the enterprise offering right and it's already for on a on a case by case basis they'll share the source code with a commercial customer if if they if they need it to make themselves feel better about going with the MQX. i personally have no problem with the MQX i've re- i've read through by by the way every line every line of code um, and um, you, know, you guys have done a phenomenal job. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know that. Do you want to address
0: this question real quick that came in?
1: Yeah, please, uh, the Dolly's question. Uh, hey, Stone or Jalen, do you guys want to answer this? Uh, where is EMQX, Where does EMQX host your services? Uh, what data center? Who's hardware? What data center? Who's hardware?
3: Our hosted services are, are in AWS and, and also in cloud other pro- cloud providers in China also. And also, we are launching in G, uh, Google uh, computing platform.
4: Excellent. Yeah, uh, in, in this summer, we also will roll out in Asia, uh, in Europe.
1: Perfect.
3: Yeah, in all re- in in a lot of regions in AWS and also GCP soon. I think we're going to announce it in a week or so.
0: Awesome. We're getting I- length. Like- Exclusive updates on this stream. Thank you, guys.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> one other thing that I wanted to let the community know that what we're currently testing is deploying in, deploying EMQX via Docker to the EasyVPN IO Hub. So to the IO Hub uh, platform, which, by the way, is a seamless deployment.
0: Did you just see they, well, this is actually off topic, but I saw they had ignition Docker container for IO Hub the other day.
1: Yep. He, he, they sent me the um, email, hey, we created the container for Ignition for IOHub if you that want to test quick. it. Yeah, that was quick. That was quick. Took them a day to do it. Um, hey, Jalen, did you want to go through uh, one other slide, uh, any other slides before I get to my other questions?
2: Uh, there is no need for that. I believe we have done a great job of elaborating open source. So Perfect. Uh, please continue.
1: All right, so EMQX. So we have established that it's the most performant um, uh, on the market. In fact, I'm gonna uh, drop in. If you guys want to see the results of EMQ's um, performance tests, they did a, a EMQX 10 million connections performance test. You guys can, if you guys go to that link right there, um, you can. You got to do the whole CRM thing. You got to put your email and name and stuff in there. But hey, small price to pay. Um, But you can get the you can actually download the report that has the testing methodology and the results for that 10 million connections performance test. Very similar to our testing methodology, except we use 11 million. Um, We use 11 million topics with uh, 10 million connections, um, and is how we do our test. and uh, I encourage you to go to that link and download the results there uh, on the performance test. But with that, because I'm going to be referring some stuff here, how, why is EMQX so performant? So, like, the, the other the other developers of broker technology, so HiveMQ, I'm a huge fan of. I, I love their technology. But, I mean, there's no way to state it. I mean, th- their, their solution does not perform like EMQX. It just doesn't. I mean... Um, even even Arlen Nipper's broker, even the chariot broker that Arlen's one of the co-inventors, he his broker doesn't perform the way your guys's broker performs. Why is EMQX so performant without having to give away you know without having to give away too much? why does it perform so well? Is it just you guys are superior software developers or is there something <laughs> else going on? No here? no
2: no well, nobody is superior to anybody. And before we entering the technical details here, uh, Jack, uh, I got one slide to show the, how performant the EMQ progress is. Sure, you want to go ahead I, and I believe it, screen? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I believe it can help you and have audience understand the EMQ better. Then our CTO stone is going to give a detailed look of the, the, why this is so performant. Excellent.
1: So real quick, Ravil from One Way Automation said, hey, we're using the EMQX open source version, Docker container in our test environment. Great product. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Shout out to you guys. That's good
3: good to know. Yeah. All we received in GitHub was like uh, bug reports
0: was quite depressing. It's great to hear good news.
1: (laughs) And one other one other follow up. He said uh, for
0: anyone who doesn't know who that is, Walker, you want to share who's one way automation? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so one-way automation is a uh, – Raville is a guy in the community. He's a big OPC UA guy. They make – one-way automation makes uh, OPC UA products. Raville is really new to the to the MQTT Sparkplug B world, although he's been doing some testing for a while. And he's been we, – we did a, um, a podcast with him last week that we'll be publishing um, on OPC UA and MQTT. So he's been doing a ton of research on MQTT and um, – You know, pushing it to its its limits. But uh, yeah, right here, he's asking the question, what is the reason for the best performance? Is it because of using your Go language? Uh, Can the same performance be achieved using Java? Well, I can tell you right now, I can already answer that question for you. You cannot achieve the same performance with Java as you can with Go simply because of where Go and Java sit in a software stack. But, um, you know, all things being equal, Go is going to outperform. But yeah, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, if you guys want to answer his question, which is, um, is it because you're using Go language? Is that is, is why? Uh, is that one reason for high performance?
3: No, we're using. Uh,
1: go. What are you using?
2: Go. Oh. Uh, it's it's Erlang.
1: Got it. You got it along. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what you were using as, as, as under the. But go ahead. Um, if you want to go ahead and
2: answer and the AKA. performance and and one more thing aka the run mq is also using erlang
1: oh excellent
2: yeah yeah okay here we go, Stone.
1: so it's erlang is the is the language but go ahead
2: yeah correct go ahead stone you're yeah.
1: up man
3: okay uh, i thought uh, J-Ling is going to introduce the uh the slice
2: okay uh, i will give a little bit uh preview about uh, how performant it is so as an mqd broker here the problem is one key metrics to consider so uh, emqx can support up to 2 million concurrent connections in single node and up to 10 million conne- connections in single clusters and with uh, 180 tps in single node and a million T- tps in single clusters and under such circumstances we can keep our message latency below uh, 10 milliseconds with QS zero. And with QS one or two, we, it can be kept below 100 milliseconds. Hey, you, Stone, can, you, could you?
3: Did you lose the number uh, at the second row? It's like millions. Second guess? row? OK, no. All right, okay. millions. All right. Thanks. All
2: right. Yeah, Stone, could yeah, you, so you uh, elaborate give a, more? Deeper look. Yeah, yeah, about why from the architecture side, mm. from the how we implement this broker.
3: Yeah. So as I said, uh, it's yes, uh, one way automation. Thank you. It's Lang. Uh, it's a 30, uh, it's been open source for 30 years, uh, built, in, uh, tested, built in Ericsson and better tested in telecoms uh, industry. And the, the virtual the virtual machine allows us uh, allows us to spawn a uh, one single lightweight process for each and every connection that we serve. That's how we get those uh, millions of connections connected to a single node. Wow.
1: <laughs> well, it had yeah Erlang was you know structured around like
3: yeah, this so main, mul- we- is
1: mul- multi threading on steroids.
3: Yeah. So, take, also taking care, of, uh, taking taking advantage of the multi-core uh, CPUs uh, current, uh, recently, uh, uh, and um, and the NUMA RAM technologies, it uh, it can uh, work very well to serve uh, like millions of connections with, with the lightweight uh, uh, thread uh, I'm sorry, processing model. And as uh, I said, so we—it's uh, only one single process, with, uh, lightweight process serving a uh, one client. So if that client is has a uh, trouble, has a uh, uh, network uh, disturbance, for example, it crashes. If it won't affect others.
1: So to put it for those of you guys that are looking at this, hey, where does uh, um, you know where do other brokers fall in that? So if we go down to message routing latency. On QoS0, you expect that number to be less than 50 milliseconds for a standard broker for QoS0. Mm-hmm. And QoS1 and 2, you would anticipate that that would be less than 250. So for them to put 10 millisecond- less than 10 milliseconds on QoS0 on latency and less than 100 milliseconds, I mean, that's... W- to put it in perspective, we don't spec any MQTT transaction for qos um, use cases where our transitions have to be faster than every 500 milliseconds so to put them if it if if i need a transition faster than 500 milliseconds we don't even use mqtt we'll use a different protocol and you guys are your your broker is performing at you know more than half you know that's that's 20% of what the other brokers are performing at less than 50 milliseconds on qos 0 so to put to apple if we do an apples to apples comparison you're going to see fifty milliseconds there on qos zero. Can you explain, a hey Stone, real quick, or or yeah, Stone? Can you talk about the clustering technology a little bit? Um, yeah, that's sure. one of my late late later questions.
3: Um, yeah. But, yep. So Erlang was built for clusters, like the, 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 It it provides like a, a built-in database, which is uh, by nature clustered. So typically uh, our, our enterprise users uh, will run like three nodes, five nodes cluster and all the, the, all the data are replicated to all the nodes. So they don't, they don't have to turn to other nodes for, for a routing table lookup, for example. They, all, they can all perform local uh, routing information lookups and then publish directly to, uh, to the local subscribers. Or to a remote subscriber, it just copies once to the remote node, and the remote node will take care of broadcasting to all the subscribers in that node.
1: So, for those of you uh, think of uh, virtual hosts. So, for those of you that uh, understand what he's saying, but um, think of uh, always-on replication sitting behind uh, a virtual host name, like in a SQL database. That that's the best way to to visualize how the clustering works. <clears throat> Maximum number of nodes stone and can you just scale them as needed?
3: Not at the at the current version, no, unfortunately not for the 4.x uh, series. But, uh, but the 5. Uh, dot,
1: right with 5. Dot, you're planning on being able to scale up as needed, right?
3: Exactly. Okay. In 5.0 we will we will make the database horizontally scalable. So we'll, we'll create some uh, node types called core nodes, uh, which will which will not serve. Uh, you can configure them not to serve any uh, MQTT connection. They just uh, sitting there uh, serving other nodes to sync data. And uh, we and some other nodes will be called the replicant nodes. They will be serving. Uh, they will be accepting connections from the clients. Uh, doing the broken, broken job uh, uh, on behalf of the core nodes, like, uh, like what we do. Uh, so splitting the current node into two different roles. One is to maintain the uh, cluster, and the, the other role is to accept uh, connections. So with those stateless uh, uh, connection servers, we will be able to achieve more, even more scalability.
1: Two follow-up questions for you, Stone. So question number one is, for those that don't know, can you highlight the difference between clustering and bridging MQTT brokers? Can you start with that?
3: Yeah. With clustering, you get all the uh, routing information replicated through uh, the cluster. Throughout the cluster, all nodes will see the same routing information. Well, for bridging, typically you will have to pick an, a a topic prefix or namespace to forward the data to another broker, and then uh, you you have to forward it backwards if you want to like uh, do a direction for uh, bridging. And that's the main difference. So the the the, the clients uh, from one cluster will not be able to see uh, the subscriber information on other clusters that's the main difference perfect and and
1: what i find is that most people start with bridging to scale right and they start with bridging and then they realize wait a minute what i really need is a is to scale with cluster uh, scale with clustering that is instead of bridging from this broker to that broker and from that broker back to this broker and vice versa um, what I really need to do is just make my broker bigger. And the best way to do that is to add is to add nodes in a cluster that will just allow me to have more connections m- and more throughput per second. Um, n- that's number one. Number two, uh, I can't remember who asked the question. Uh, Richard Blanchett said, hey, can you walk through a rule, say bridging to a database or maybe even Kafka? I'm curious how rules are configured and managed. Yeah, sure. Uh, Great question, by the way, Richard.
3: Thanks. Um, So I'll try to make it simple Uh, by giving an example. So if if a sensor, for example, publishes a, um, or a a lot of sensors publishing the temperature data to EMQX, and then they will publish the message to mkx uh, to an emx node and the rule engine will be will pick up uh, will be, the the rule engine is just uh, some a, a set of rules for the mess- to filter or transform the messages which are basically some functions to be applied while uh, the well, the broker is broken the message So as I said, we have one connection, uh, one process serving one uh, one connection, and that process will will do the evaluation for the client, and then transform data, or maybe even uh, filter the data, and then forward it to, uh, according to the rule, forward it out to a data sync. In this case, uh, if we take Kafka, for example, in in our enterprise edition, we have a, a Kafka plugin, uh, which as works as the Kafka producer, and then the the um, the process which serving which is serving the client will send the message to the producer, and then the producer will send the message to Kafka for for persistence.
1: And real quick, just to drive home the point here, all of that is achieved through the EMQX enterprise platform, that's not EMQX plus uh, cloud services from AWS or Azure, et cetera. That's all done within the EMQX environment, correct?
3: Exactly. Perfect.
1: So what I want to drive home for the community is that 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 is one of the fundamental differences between the EMQX platform and other brokers. It is one of the things that we you can achieve a very similar outcome, not at the same rate or with the same performance, but you you're not in in other in most other platforms you are not doing that within the broker itself. You're going broker connected into a different cloud platform to achieve the same the same end. So now you've got to manage in two points at two different yeah. places. So yeah, we happen. have like a
3: like few dozen different integrations to data so data syncs. Uh, like uh, streaming platforms like Kafka and uh, Postgres that, uh, and MySQL databases, for example. And they are all built in uh, as a plugin in, this, uh, in the broker. So it's not like a, uh, they're not working as a MQTT consumer sucking data out of the broker and then put the data into uh, the database or Kafka. That's not the case.
1: Excellent. Uh, to answer Dolly's question, uh, there is an EMQX channel in the Discord server. Uh, I think it's hashtag EMQX. You can see it down at the bottom. Jalen's really active.
2: Uh, yeah, active. Yeah, and, yeah, feel free. You guys to ask have me another, any
0: questions? Yeah, yeah so. use, use the industry Discord server, but do you have another, like a forum or something?
2: Yeah, we got uh, our own Slack server. And you can join our Slack server. I believe you can find the link via our website.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or we'll share okay. the Slack link in the Discord channel too.
1: Excellent.
3: Um, technical technical discussions, we actually prefer the uh, the questions to be posted in uh, in GitHub discussion um, because that's more searchable.
1: Zach, do me a favor, put the link to their GitHub page it's and fine. and find the link to their to join their Slack and drop them okay. in the chat, please. Okay. Thank you, brother. Um, Sparkplug B support. So can you guys talk about when we can ex- so why does sparkplug b support matter really it's two things one of the things about emqx is that emqx isn't it is a broker with a platform wrapped around it that's really what it is right it there's a there you can do things with the payloads inside the broker using the emqx the enterprise platform right so EMQX the the overarching solution is both broker and and cons- client consumer right so if you're going to publish sparkplug b payloads into an EMQX broker you want to be able to u- and you want to use the EMQX platform you want to be able to decipher those payloads that's number 1 so but number 2 you want to be able to parse them number 2 I believe that your Sys namespace, the, the EMQX Sys namespace, is the most valuable system namespace that any broker provides in terms of the total context that you guys provide. I can use so many of the you, values, Rudy. yeah, the topics that are in your system namespace, to abstract, I can make predictions about my process from your system namespace. And one of the things I'd well, love to be able to do is take that system namespace and publish it as an edge of network node. I want to be able to publish that broker as an edge of network node to the rest of the ecosystem. Sparkplug B would be the best way to do that. So can you guys talk about your plans for Sparkplug B support um, down the road? I'm assuming you guys are planning to add in Sparkplug B support. Yes,
3: that came in as a requirement from our colleagues uh, quite recently. Perfect. Yeah. So we're we're going to uh, make the broker, EMQX broker, act as a node in the uh, in the network, publishing its status according to the Spark Plug B specification. Awesome.
1: And then, what about? Can I convince you guys into doing that?
3: Yeah, I think so. I I think we can commit to that. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. Sure. One
2: hundred percent
1: all right and then last thing uh, one one other question then we'll just kind of get into the the stuff that's listed uh in the chat um is uh your roadmap what is what does the roadmap look like when can we expect um the five release um you know what what what, what is what does the roadmap look like next six to
3: twelve months i'm gonna take that if you don't have slides yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So in the next uh, 6 to 12 months, uh, our primary focus will be, uh, or in the next 6 months, our primary focus will be to finalize our 5.0 uh, release. Uh, 5.0 is uh, currently at uh, alpha 5 uh, stages, Soon we'll be releasing uh, be- the first beta version. OK. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a lot to- open
1: be- Do you guys have an open beta? Or a closed, uh, when, or a closed when base. It's
3: beta. We will build the package and publish it uh, on our download uh, website, Perfect. so Perfect. everybody can download and try it.
1: So it is open open beta from their website once it's available, guys, exactly. and gals.
4: Yeah, I think we will have the uh, release candidate. Is it really? Uh, are
1: the release candidates also available on the website?
3: Yeah, uh, beta version. Starting from beta, we will do a a few beta versions and then a few uh, release candidates uh, finally before we cut the official release. Excellent. Uh, All will be available.
1: Uh, Oh, I, I missed the question. Can you guys explain for the community how licensing works? So, once you decide to go from open source to enterprise, how does licensing work?
3: I think Yu should be the perfect person to answer that.
1: Sorry gang, I I, I yeah, skipped over uh, the question.
4: <laughs> the the licensing, currently we are using uh, uh, subscribe. You guys if you you, know, you think the the, the, the functionality the, the extra features worth of paying then uh, you uh, go to subscribe uh, uh, our service which is on a yearly based and the class cluster based and connection based means if you have one son connection and you create one cluster, you pay this money each year and your girls the next year you pay more and you're opening your business in another continental and you need another cluster, then maybe you pay um, for that. But we don't count the, the nodes in the cluster. If you, you're you using two nodes to have the basic high availability, you pay this money. And if you're using uh, three or five nodes and uh, still but connection number uh, keeps, uh, stays this, this number and they pay the same. You don't pay for the nodes in the cluster, just pay for the cluster.
1: So it's, it's, just, it's cluster-based pricing. pricing. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah a subscription based on cluster
1: and then it's not whether i'm two nodes or seven nodes that's inconsequential
4: no it's the Wha- same money
0: got it got do you it. have any what- other questions walker or do you want to answer that one from randy
1: yeah i will Here, I, I do have one what, get, can you give us um you know what's the ballpark number in us dollars the typical enterprise broker is going to cost
4: x sorry i don't give it number here in this channel, you can write email to me, and I can redirect to you to the spoken. local. Spoken like a herd. true business
1: development guy. <laughs> That's spoken like a true business development.
4: Yeah, he, he yeah you must not understand. We have different price in China. It's in the
2: totally. US. It's fine, man. It's, uh, don't worry yeah, about it. He, no worries. He's the guy who responsible for the all the negotiating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. All right. Real quick. Um. Randy, is the EMQX clustering of message messages? Does it have latency that could affect uh, an HOA? Should I just use as large a broker for data rather than process control on a SCADA layer? Um, so clustering, do we see any performance difference in latency, when whether I'm looking at a leveraging a cluster broker or standalone? Stone.
3: Uh, for latency, at single node will always uh, win when when the load is not too high. So if, if you're not like pushing to eight, uh, 80% CPU u- utilization, for example, don't bother if you create a cluster.
1: Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, next one. Uh, have you an example of a usage of EMQX in pharmaceutical environment for electronic batch recording? So yes, they already are. I was going to ask them, one of the questions I was going to ask was in the, the verticals that they're in, but uh, they showed a slide that had that answer, so I didn't answer it. But they, uh, so do you guys have an example though of using EMQX to unify an EBR, an electronic batch record for pharmaceuticals? So that is the the complete electronic batch record for some production run of some medicine. Do you have a use case of that already? By the way, this is a very common question. If you look at our pharmaceutical com- customers. This is the first thing they want us to do. They want us to take EBR, the Electronic Batch Record, out of the MES system, and they want to unify it into a unified namespace using a broker, so that all of the other, um, all of the other um, um, confirmed and tested nodes can consume that EBR. But do you guys have a use case, an example of that already?
2: Well, yes, yeah, but. That- it's not possible for me to share details here. Otherwise, I'm going to go to the lawyer call after I drop off. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, well, no worries, and, man. So KA... I'm going show you guys a uh, so, so K- about what we did with our customers.
1: Yeah, so KA, what I would say is if you want to see that example, um, if you're already in the Discord server, just go to the, the, the EMQ channel mm-hmm. and reach out to Jalen, and you guys can get together... I know that I'm not allowed.
0: KAs and Mastermind too. I think.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be able to share it. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to share my own. I know that the of all of our customers, yeah. the pharma customers, the life sciences customers are the, the you know the there are more lawyers on those calls than than there are engineers. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you if I, if you get with Jalen, you guys will be able to put together an NDA and all that stuff and um, go through that. Yeah. Uh, are we doing What that? I
2: can say here is a, uh, yeah. We have a similar project with uh, Foxconn and TSMC, yeah.
1: Perfect. Uh, Randy, yes, I answered Randy's. Yeah, we got the example. Someone asked about. Dolly asked, I wonder if cloud instances are not limited on the number of open connections and if one with one node can really do 2 million. Oh, Dolly, 2 million connections. um, I've tested 2 million connections on standalone brokers a gazillion times. A gazillion times, yeah. I don't, I don't see. But would you, do you guys ever have an issue with uh, open connections on a on a a cloud uh, cloud instance that to get to the two million mark?
3: Not that I don't know of. Our tests are not. Uh, I'm not sure how the tests are performing. I wonder
1: if he's thinking that that's a. Those are individual TCP/IP and connections that you're going to run into TCP IP exhaustion. I don't know. I, let me, I'll, Dolly, I'll get with you. Reach out to me on the industry 4.0 server and I'll get, um.
0: Rana asked.
1: Oh, good question, Rana. Topic level limits and maximum message size. So how far, how far can we go down with topics?
3: And well, the best practice is not to go too far de- down the topic segments. <laughs> but uh, there is no limit in MQX.
1: So what we've done to answer Rana's question, we use ISA 95 part two to build our namespace. So we're never going more than six or seven levels total. Um,
0: Yeah, because every time you publish, that location in your topic namespace is part of that packet, right? So you're balancing keeping that, like keeping all of your metadata information in that topic namespace string versus just putting it as a parameter that gets published once. So you really want to leverage ISA 95, use the enterprise side area line cell. And then within that, like let's say you're modeling your machine, model your machine with all of your attribute parameters, but don't put all of those attribute parameters inside of the topic namespace in our our opinion.
1: Right, exactly. And and you want to use the structure of the namespace to give you context. So that's an important component. Um, and then maximum message size. I can. Answer uh, no limit um, up
3: to the specifications limit, which is two hundred fifty-five max. I guess.
1: Yeah, that I would say that in most cases. Correct, Michael Dowdell. You can use alias to reduce with Sparkplug B. You guys have alias built in to your broker already. Aliasing, right? Yeah, of right? course. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so then I. Right. Sorry, I haven't ah. tested it. I didn't test aliasing. I, in fact, when we do our benchmarking. We don't use any optimization tools for the benchmarking, so we were using, you know, no compression, no aliasing. Uh, um,
0: Michael said you could uh, use alias to reduce the size. Correct. Yep. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then um, topic level maximum message to I, most of the time the spec is limiting the maximum message size to like five meg, but you can go up to a couple hundred. I know that.
3: Two hundred something.
1: Two hundred. Two hundred fifty-five, right?
3: Yeah, two hundred fifty-four or something.
1: Yep. Uh, all right. Any other questions, gang? Before we we uh, let these guys close out the, the session. Uh, brute force is the only way to do benchmarking. Agreed, Michael Dowdell. Start with the start with the least efficient implementation. Uh, what uh, what tools do you use for um, simultaneous connections? Simu- or what tools are you guys using to simulate your connections? So when you guys are doing your benchmarking.
3: Yeah, we have two kinds of benchmarking tools. Uh, one is written in Erlang, which is like the broker itself, uh, EMQTT. Uh, that's what we, uh, uh, the developers do uh, quite often use that tool to, to simulate uh, a lot of source IPs uh, in a single node. And then in the performance test team, we have uh, X meter, which is a meter based uh, uh, tool. They run like a cluster, like they run it in uh, Docker. And then like a few dozen Docker containers run, start spawned like banging, starting connections going the, the cluster.
1: Excellent. All right. so real quick. So the, the high level overview. So for everybody who maybe didn't get a chance to watch the entire video. So, um, EMQ has been around 10 years, give or take the company. They started out, um, building an open source broker and then built their, their, um, their enterprise broker on top of that open source code. Um, licensing is pretty simple. It's, it's cluster based. Um, the, there's a, uh, they have a slack channel that you guys can communicate with them we have a channel for them inside industry4.0 discord server and they got a github page um, they if you guys want to see the latest 5 release which should come out a couple months right stone it's this year we should see it right yes uh, you'll the release candidate and beta will be available on the emq website um, if you guys want to learn more you can just go to emqx.io all right um, the big now
3: question emqx.com also
0: Oh, in EMQX.com. Um, the Michael what, asked about the benchmarking. Uh, I put put the link up on the screen. It's also in our Discord. There's yeah, a 10 million connection performance benchmark report. Yeah,
1: if you guys want to see the bench, their benchmark, we're going to be shooting a video on our benchmarks. We're actually going to be benchmarking HiveMQ with EMQX to show you guys how we do these tests. We're going to do that in a separate video. But if you want to see the results of their benchmarking, you can just go grab that link um, that's in the chat. Um, and then you just sign up and download the, their, their report.
0: Um, the benchmarking video will be not sponsored because, you know,
1: yeah. Uh, Hey, real, here's a good question from, um, one way automation. Uh, can EMQX be integrated with active directory for authentication?
3: Um, with LDAP? Uh, yes. Uh, but we not? We have
4: a case. We have a case. Uh, you you know, uh, Airtable is quite uh, different than uh, other um, uh, data storage. So uh, you need to find data sh- schema uh, inside the all organization. So uh, if you are going to use the Airtable, you need to contact us, and we will. Somehow uh, change a little bit the code to adapt uh, your your case, but actually LDAP um, uh, uh, is not very um, recommended because of uh, the the performance uh, reason.
1: But you it's guys don't adapt. you guys don't support OAuth though, right? I, I mean, I haven't read anything mm. that you
4: uh, cur- know. Okay. not currently not.
1: So the answer is yes, it's possible with Active Directory and LDAP with. Uh, with support from the folks at EMQ, um, and uh, why is it so performant? Um, it has to. It boils down to the platform approach and the fact that it's written in Erlang. Number one, that's going to help. Also, the location of their infrastructure also helps. Um, but it really has to do with how the platform is constructed. How they built the how they built the stack is the is the reason it outperforms. Um, how do we overcome the distrust of China? Which was the big that was the big question we wanted to get answered, and and the answer is because we can review the code ourselves. Um, there, it's inconsequential. If we want to know whether or not we're being spied on, uh, we'll be able to see whether that type of code exists and it doesn't. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, you know, these are this is an open source organization. This is a this is a enterprise commercial offering built on top of an open source stack there anybody who and this is the the ultimate reality anybody who's complaining about a lack of trust with EMQ um, if they either didn't do their homework or they don't know what the fuck they're talking about it's just that simple um, um, and so what we have to do as a community though is we have to we have to make that that information digestible for non-technical people who are just jumping we to got- conclusions Jumping to conclusions and associating you know China with the boogeyman when um that's just simply not the case when we can we can prove that there's nothing untoward in the code base um who matt Kendall who owns e m q x do you want to answer that uh Jalen
2: okay well so i i've a i've hey. asked
1: this question a bunch of times it's a lot of people is the answer
2: <laughs> yeah but uh, now we got uh, some big firms with big names to be our capital background such such like uh, GGA capital if you ever heard of it then uh, most of uh, our company is uh, privately held so there i can guarantee you there is no uh, national uh, capital there your 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 capital is us is north
1: american and european based right
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah. Right.
1: All the all the capital backing
0: is based in the U.S. and in Europe. Dolly asked, okay. "Can you embed EMQX to external apps, and do you have a GraphQL endpoint? I thought NanoMQ is for your embedding in external apps. Is that right? right?
2: Yeah, uh, correct. Let's 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 broker embedding in C.
1: Yeah. So their EMQX is not EMQ's only product. We we left mm-hmm. this conversation to just the emqx and um, open source and enterprise class broker but there are there's an edge solution there's a there's a suite of solutions that they offer but we stu- we kept yeah. this conversation limited
0: to the you, the centerpiece do you have the graphql endpoint
3: no
2: we have uh, no yeah for now
3: five we are creating an uh, open api 3.0 uh, endpoints for management apis
0: yeah matthew no national ownership just if anyone's interested i have a question who after watching this podcast is more excited to use emq who here trusts emq uh more after watching this podcast let us know what your feedback was this is the first time we've done a sponsored company spotlight like this but as you guys know we we tell it like it is so was this helpful yes yes or no in the in the chat uh jaylen stone zenzu Thank you guys for coming on. Walker, do you want to, any yeah, last
1: I, note? I, I just want to say, I, let me say this again. I said in the beginning, you know, we promote EMQX and we were promoting EMQX for two years before I ever met the company. Okay. And, and again, people don't pay for my opinion. Um, uh, when, when they, when these guys decided to sponsor us, um, we, yeah, I mean, we, naturally. right. We said to these guys, Hey, we're going to give our honest opinions. And, and it was, a uh, you know this was a um, you know a values-based decision here. I can't I can't thank the folks at EMQ enough because you guys have you guys made a, a big investment in our community, and and that has a huge impact on our ability to train people to support the 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 development of digital transformation specialists and and the and wider adoption ministry 4.0. And I can't I personally can't thank you guys enough because you guys have allowed us to continue to you know you've never asked for anything in exchange for your support of our community other than let's push 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 i mean that other than that you guys haven't asked for anything so you guys have really come at this from how can you support the community and that means a lot to us
2: yeah thank you Thank, yeah, you, thank, you thank you very much.
4: Yeah. If anybody is interested in the UMKS uh, enterprise, please contact me. I'm going to make you an um, offer that you can refuse. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put your contact
1: information down in the description box below. Yeah. Zheng Yu, yeah. we'll put your contact info in the description. Okay. Thank Spoken you. like a true business development person. Spoken like a true yep. business yep. development.
4: Thank you very much. And See you guys. you guys. Yeah. Have a good
1: night. See you next week, everyone. Mm-hmm.